Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action Forward News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combo Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and as the great dreamscape artist Bill Watterson once said, if your deck isn't green by the end of the day, you are likely single A, Aaron. Oh, Calvin and Hobbes author, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know his books were published here in Kansas City? I did not know that. I knew there was, I knew there was a Kansas City connection, but now you do. I did not know that. Squeamy Giddy, you can caught up with Meta Traffic with Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Oh, yeah, oh, ouch. No, 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 no. Oh. Looks like the Hornet Queen has tracked his lazy beehive down. <laughs> Murderous. Very good. Thanks for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. We may never find out what happens to that Emmy cruel. I'm pretty sure we're not. I don't think it's happening. Just, I this, think, is, uh, this was just there. This was this is just a convenient the excuse for them to say that we <laughs> this was all farce. They heard us asking for the Emmy crew for a couple of months, and then they yeah. throw us a bone and then take it right back. Yeah, it's, makes sense. It's a sad one. It's a sad one. We're going to start off the top of the cast with latest and carnage that ensued with 45. Uh, so uh, I'm going to talk about a uh, patron game. We had a patron and friend of the cast, Chuck the Slice. The slice. What up, uh, Slice? Up on. He, uh, after dueling with Nick the Hotness, Big Tuck, and Squee McGee, <laughs> wanted to take on Marketing Ross, myself, and friend of the cast, Will. So... We come to the game, uh, and Chuck was saying he's played six to an eight. Her, hearing from both of you that he apparently plays some decent decks, not CEDH, but they're yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. I'm so very I felt excited like I should probably bring game, a good think. deck as well. So I brought in Carador. Sure. Uh, and then uh, Chuck played his Yarok deck. Friend of the cast, Will, played Teshar, Ancestor's Apostle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say Marketing Ross played Alayla Rats. I believe yeah, that sounds about uh, right. Ross, I, I, I could be wrong. So I don't know if you guys knew this, but Yarok with um, Avenger as Endicar and Alter the Brood is kind of good. Oh, yeah, wow. I figured as much. You know, you it seems like a pretty that? good triplet. Yes. Uh, Chuck did it twice. Made us mill 60 cards. Twice? <laughs> wow. Yeah. 60 cards. That is brutal. So I think me and Ross each had... 15 cards in deck. Uh-huh. Will was decked. Oh, Will had no, no cards. Oh, Goes no, to he... Ross. Ross doesn't really have anything because he's been board wiped or messed with his board, so he passes. Fred of the cast Will's upkeep. He has no cards in deck. Graveyard's humongous. Has a bunch of stuff on the board. He stares at it for a while, and he says... I think I got the win. What? And does some what? sort of seven or eight card combo with Teshar's Ancestors Apostle, which if you guys are not familiar, three colorless white, legendary creature, bird cleric. So yes, this is mono white. Yes. Mono white, well no known, cards well in seven or eight card combo. Uh, whenever you cast a historic spell, which is a artifact or legendary permanent mm-hmm. uh, or saga, mm-hmm. uh, return target creature card if it costs three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And uh, yeah, he looped it in. Is, and uh, isn't it something to do he, with like mirror retriever and like that sort of bouncing back and forth, right? Oh, yeah, mirror retriever. you know, and we I talked actually, about that a while ago. Yeah, I did message friend of the cast Will before we started recording. Unfortunately, uh, he's probably still working, so I couldn't actually get 
the the combo but you know i think it was like a mirror retriever right and then he had an altar out so he could get the mana and then it had something to do with like maybe blasting station or something he didn't do blasting station because all he did was ping us for one mm-hmm. but it wasn't the tap untap uh it was yeah like a scrap trawler was engaged with it a scarecrow <laughs> was involved uh Arcbound ravager it's, was engaged. It's, it seems Man. quite complex what a game it, it was very complex and you know the funny thing is that if will hadn't won i was gonna win at my turn oh. because i still had boon weaver giant oh, in no. my library and so in pattern of rebirth <laughs> and all my other combo stuff was in my Right <laughs> so I was about so to alive. just do that. Yeah, gotta be nice. a little bit quicker than that. I got you. Done. So, well, Big Tuck, what game do you want to talk about? Uh so I, there's nothing really super memorable. Although I will say we played a five-player game on Sunday that was just going everywhere, and people were getting super far ahead and then getting brought back. And again, it's week two of me just playing the freaking school teacher of saying no you can't do that and no you're about to win so i'm gonna stop you yet people continue to attack me for no reason uh, i think you just, need your imposing figure there in person to really scare people i, I guess or some, something but anyways again threat assessment is probably i've also noticed over the last couple of weeks that they're just there just needs to be more removal played, like of every of every variety. Like there's been yeah. there's been several games Pass where it's like so this game this game is over literally because someone doesn't have a single piece of removal. Like it's who, who ended up winning that game? Uh, Mr. Combo did in a way that I fully oh, like appreciate. <laughs> like like I fully appreciate because it wasn't degenerate. He he. We were playing, literally no one was playing blue except for me and I was playing dragons. I think I have one counter in the deck and he got to fire off with literally one piece of ramp, a primal surge that we should have seen coming. Like it was, I, it was totally, I was totally okay with it. And I think everyone was just because like, the game did go on for it a while. It went on for forever. And like, there's been times where I have also played every, like I have played and been played on by primal surge and every time it's like it's a 10 mana spell in a deck that does nothing else so like if that's something that you're gonna win then like so be it you know like fair enough no no harm no foul there i actually like seeing primal surge wins because i think they're hysterical um i think mine's even more hilarious because it's not even a creature destroy it's a jace uh wielder of mysteries (laughs) lab man but it's such a bizarre deck because it's it's like you look at it it's like how does this work i will say (laughs) i I will say because we we talked about it on this year program um i will say that god eternal ketra Oh, Ketra might be the best card in the deck. <laughs> yeah. Like every time I've seen it, it's just like you just get so much value of it over and over and over again. Um, so like that was cool to see on the wild. But yeah, just like the old hard cast turn 11 primal surge for the win. And not a single person has a counter spell or literally anything they can do. So it sounds just, like everybody's trying to have too much fun out there. We need to get back to basics here, boys. I, I suppose. Well, I wait. Ooh, maybe we should be playing more back to basics. That's a great question. So, Hey, so, um, I, have you been playing? Have you played a couple basic games? Squee? Uh, unfortunately, no. Oh, what? So we don't, we have another squeeze breeze, you little POS. Uh, You're terrible. Think, Reese I, is fat. I think we've, uh, I think we've upgraded it to squeeze hurricane. We're, uh, we're flying pretty fast here past the game. Yeah, except you're not, you're not rocking us like a hurricane. Oh, uh, when I play, I do. 
You're, you're rocking us like a, <laughs> a, a slight a hurricane. <laughs> I believe a hurricane. Wow, a hurricane instead of a hurricane. I kind of yeah. like, like it. I'm on board. Yeah. We're losing. Well, we've, gonna... we've lost control. We're. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to push this along. We're done with 40 life in a dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? A record eight minute 40 life in a dash. Um, okay, so uh, I am again introducing the topic today. So we have had a card type come up recently that has been probably the most influential card type besides planeswalkers that I've ever seen. Um, so we thought we would talk about today, and yes, we are talking about companions. So Ikoria has not even come out yet, correct? In paper, it's out digitally. It's out digitally. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So and in Japan, um, digitally Japan. <laughs> already, it is making a lot of waves, and specifically the the design of the companion series. So we're not going to go into every single individual companion, but I thought that we could talk just kind of as a group um, about three different things. One about the design. One about the impact on Commander that we are obviously more familiar with, um, and then lastly, uh, the impact on the other formats from the perspective that we see it from. So we are not legacy players we do not play modern um none of us have ever we've always said that we are not very well versed in these formats however we do have friends and i think we have the general knowledge to read the bones if you will Ooh. to, 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 to kind of talk back. through talk, talk through how, how it's been looking and, and what sort of changes uh make them up but um first we could talk about the design so anyways mr mr combo i believe correct me if i'm wrong is you're currently trying to build a deck based around a companion correct correct yeah so oh guys the, the the general idea about a companion is there is one for each of the guilds mm -hmm. uh so there's an azorius a boros etc etc uh they're all hybrid mana and they're converted mana costs now they're whether it's one hybrid symbol or two just depends on the companion um they are all rare <laughs> uh, and basically Straight the, the general the general concept of a companion is you can have this as a extra card that lives outside the game, uh, kind of like your commander, but it's not a command mm -hmm. zone. Yep. It's just kind of out there in exile. Um, but the only way you can do that is if you meet a particular condition of the card. Mm -hmm. So, for example... Uh, the one that I'm going to be building is Jiruta, Doom of the Depths, right. uh, which really the reason I'm doing it is for the Godzilla card, Gigan, Cyberclaw Terror, uh, which, <laughs> by the way, bought the foil copy on eBay for $30 Oof. like a month and a half ago. I think, I think that card's like 60 to 100 bucks now. Dear Lord. So, yeah, uh, because I think it's wrecking and what we'll get into a later thing. Ah, but very good. His, his companion effect states your starting deck contains only cards with even converted mana costs. So let's do, for example, I ran a Mirko Voss deck. That is a Demir, and I think four colorless, three colorless? Three, col three colorless and Demir, yeah. Demir. So if I had Mirko Voss as my commander, I could have Jiruta as the companion, but then the condition would be all the cards in my deck outside of lands would have to be even converted mana costs. So it does not now, affect the commander in this no it does it does okay because Mirko Voss would be mm -hmm. out then because it's yes. five right yeah I just can't think of a good uh sorry oh. here we go a terrible one Gisa and Garolf <laughs> there you go <laughs> perfect gotcha 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 uh, so I was so so, so there's been questions one... around there's been questions around if the if the commander does count and it does count in the, yes. these um 
boundaries. Absolutely. Yes. And now the the secondary thing is that a companion, because they are all legendary, can be your commander, Correct. which is the way right. that I'm building it. Mm-hmm. And if it is your commander, the companion of uh, restriction does not impact you in any way, shape, or form. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I find that super weird. So yeah, because like, well, the way it actually the companion effect reads, it states if this card is in your chosen, if this card is your chosen companion, you may cast it, it from outside the game. Once and obviously, if it's your yeah. chosen companion, you would have to adhere to the companion effect. Right. Right. But it's your chosen commander. So, it, I, okay. But it's not a companion. Yeah. It's right. a commander. All right. Well, I guess that kind of makes sense. You know, yeah. this whole thing really brings up a scene from uh, Talladega Nights. Where he's sitting in his car and he's just like, uh, man, why would the person whose girlfriend that I stole and married apologize to me? My friends is in a pretzel. Like, I don't, I don't get it. it. Yeah, I. so if we talk about the design of them, I actually, so I am not a very, I'm not a hyper competitive player. I like having fun. I like doing cool things. And if I'm going to be honest, most of these kind of fit that bill for me. I think that yep. if you look if you look at them from a just a player perspective, they all seem like they kind of do cool things, right? Like mm-hmm. we'll get into the deck restrictions and how that affects different things, but I like this idea of being like, hey, if you're willing if I like the idea at least of if you're willing to if you're willing to build in these restrictions, if you're trying to cuz there's a lot of times where where we talk about, you know, like creatureless Hazes on Tamar or all permanent Sisse, right? Like these sure. sort of restrictions that people build just to kind of make have fun with it. I think this line of I think this line of ideas of hey, putting a restriction on it, but giving you a slight benefit out of it, something that you know will be consistent throughout the game when you want to bring it in. I think that is a very cool idea. Again, I don't want to get into the semantics of what they do and all that right now, but that's that's kind of how I kind of think about this. Like, I think it's cool that these kind of give you a restriction. Um, they give you a slap and a tickle, if you will. Oh, a slap and tickle. Oh, so, what, slap so, and tickle. so, what do you? We go around the horn here, Mr. Combo. What do you think about? What do you think about the design as, as from a whole on these guys? So, from a whole, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, from a and I know we're going to get more into the format perspective, but that kind of goes into the design. Sure. The only reason this mechanic exists is because the popularity of EDH and them wanting to give the 60 card formats a semblance of EDH. Right. And I don't, and I don't think that's geared for the 60 card format players. I think this is more geared towards, Hey, EDH players, you know, that commander that you have in the command zone, you can kind of have that in a 60 card format. Come play this. Format, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. you'll really yeah. enjoy it. Uh, so that's really what I think the overall, mechanic is um now i do agree with you uh tuck it is more of a if you want a slight restriction as you mentioned we've mm-hmm. all kind of done some of us have done like deck restrictions to make it more of a challenge mm-hmm. and i think if you're a newer edh player it's more of a hey here's your restriction on a nice silver platter yeah right yeah still, yeah. still yeah. have a commander trying to, trying to do then, something cool and edgy instead of a pre-con like here you go like right? a, yeah a, yeah a paint by numbers for restrictions yeah yeah so that that's kind of how i look at it it's a trying to get edh players to once again get more into standard mm-hmm. and modern and legacy well probably not legacy and vintage but think <laughs> of it it's kind of like the whole reason brawl even existed yeah, yeah that was to get edh players into a standard format so i think that's wizard's attempt to do so uh but then also if you just want to look at it from a strict edh perspective Hey, if you're wanting to challenge yourself, here's a deck restriction yep. on a card that challenges you. Yep, agreed. So, Squee, what do you what do you got? What do you got on just the design before we hop into the impact on Commander and what that looks like? 
So I was reading up on it a fair amount, and I think the coolest thing that I read, and they phrased it really, really well, is you get to start the game with eight cards in your hand, mm-hmm. which is a very sure. interesting type of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily love it. I really don't love that you can use it as your commander and not have to deal with any of the companion thing. I think that's really stupid. And if it's a companion, you should have to use its companion restrictions. But we'll talk about that more at nauseum, I'm sure. Um, But I think it's a fairly cool mechanic because you can technically build a deck around this, even though it's restriction based, where you know in your mind you're going to start with eight cards and you can have that to your advantage and kind of build a better strategy around that. So I think there's a lot of little strategies in there that you can start building in these type of things that'll be a lot of fun for people that are going to be a little different than what you normally would build just because you have a little extra to work with. And in Commander, I've never really seen any mechanic that allows you to play something from outside the game completely. Yeah, sure. It's it's technically your companion, but it's kind of like playing those Eldrazi that are outside the game Mm -hmm. or a couple of those cards that do that effect. (laughs) So um, I'm, I'm really, really lukewarm on it. Wow. Okay. All right, yeah, that, I think we all kind of feel, I think we all kind of have warm-ish feelings about it, um, but let's go into what we think about this in, what we think about this, how this impacts and how this feels in Commander. Um, personally, I am actually shocked that they, that these came out in a standard set, because yeah. like, like, like I, I think Mr. Combo, you hit it on, you hit the nail on the head. This is like, this is commander in and of itself, right? Crazy mm-hmm. deck buildings, a gazillion cards in your deck, even more, that sort of thing. Um, so I was shocked, like, cause cause the commander 2020 and the Ikoria spoilers came out so close together. I think I first yeah. confused these and thought that these were included in the commander 20. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like that makes sense in that format. Um, but then I was like, oh, these are gonna be in modern and standard and yeah. all these other formats. Like how strange. Um, I, I think I like them a lot. Commander, like I said, um, deck building restrictions are, have been around for forever. These kind of give you uh, a thing to do it. Um, although, so what's funny though, is I was talking to a friend of the show, Marketing Ross, and there was one that he was really excited to play in Commander. Um, I think he liked the art, it was an otter. Oh yeah, so he was really excited about playing Lutri the Spell Chaser. Um, yep. So colorless, uh, green and, or colorless, blue and red, blue and red, a three, two, each on land card and you're starting that has a different name. So look at that. Can you believe it? It's, it's almost, it's, it's almost like they it's forgot how perfect. the rules, I forgot how the rules work. And then it has flash. And when it enters the battlefield, uh, if you cast it, exile or copy target, insert or sorcery spell you control, you may choose newer targets for the copy. Uh, I think this sets a new record for a card being shown and then banned. Like, oh yeah, it was, it was like, like what, five off, minutes. Right? <laughs> yeah, they released the set and they go, well, it was it was faster. It's a little detail here. It was faster than uh, Mr. Combo calling dibs on his Rixie's deck. That that, yeah. that that level of speed. So um, so obviously, I think they didn't do a lot of foresight potentially into these. But yep. I agree that I do like the idea of these being very impactful um, and have a lot of wiggle room and and. I think that they can make this mechanic work differently just for a commander in the future mm-hmm. and, and kind of go from there. So that's how I, that's how I feel about them for commander. I'm very positive for them for commander. Oh, yeah. Um, so I will comment on the uh, quick banning. I know Sheldon did post mm-hmm. uh, a deal that day that, you know, him and the rules committee were aware of 
companion in Lutri because, you know, Sheldon was working at Watsi right, in right, the right. fall. Uh, so he knew this was coming, and I think they had already decided that it was going to get banned. Um, and so it was yeah. just more, yeah, they, they probably do like we do. They have their tweet already. Tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, set it to go at this time. Um, so, you know, from a commander perspective, I don't know. I'm really not that excited about the companion mechanic mm-hmm. because I, I I think it's going to create more arguments than it's worth. Oh, that's sure. prob- that's because, a good point. So, sure. you know, C- Commander Weir, we're already kind of flexible on rules. Like some playgroups allow gold bordered cards and silver bordered cards and some right. groups like allow you just to have a proxy. And you already kind of have. And I once again, we are a quote unquote casual format, so it's not regulated. We don't submit deck lists, mm-hmm. but we already have to go on truth when you play with complete strangers that right. they don't have two or three mana crypts in their deck. Yeah, right. sure. Uh, you know, so, some people like to cheat because that's the way they like to win. Yep. Now, this is just something else that, you know, if someone's playing Kahira the Ofen Guard, each creature card in their starting deck is a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast. Well, how many times have we played someone out in the wild and they're like, oh, this shouldn't be here? Or they play it and it's like, hey, mm-hmm. that's not legal. Yeah, or how, or, how many, or how many times have we been like, oh, hey, this card is for sure a cat. And then you look at the errated and it's like a bird monk or something uh, like that. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yes. <laughs> so I, I think it's going to cause more arguments among novice to expert players than now i think in our play group we're all skilled enough to where i don't think we're going to have a deck building issue right uh with any of this stuff but heck even jagenitha the wellspring with the no card of your starting deck can have more than one of the same mana symbol mm-hmm. and its mana cost mm-hmm. well hey what happens if you have a hybrid mana right. and it's the same hybrid yeah, how mana does that twice? work yeah how does that work i don't know it's going to cause an argument and it, it's going to cause uh, uh a big tuck to go on his yeah. little, uh, We're gonna have to call Big Tuck on the phone back when he was in Chicago. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go take a go time cool off. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I, I agree. And also, point. you know, it is like I can also see it happening where you play against someone and they like you're playing against the the one that's like the Obosh, the Prey Piercer, where everything is even. Or, yeah, uh, or no, I'm sorry, odd. odd. And then you like see a card and you're like, hey, actually, like if you look at the rules on that, that card's actually even. And they're like, yeah. oh, really? And you're like, yeah, oh, sorry, Quick man. question on that while we dive into it. What about X spells in that? So X, How do those work? So X is... X is zero. Yeah, X is zero. So, so it has to be an X2? No, it has to be an X1, X1. or X3. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So ex- exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. that's going to come up where someone's right. like, no, yeah. I cast this... I cast this Comet Storm for, you know, 15... And you're like, no, that's still a converted mana card in the beginning of your deck. It doesn't matter what it is on the mm-hmm. on the field. So yeah. I think it's a fair point. Agreed. That's only going to apply to some of these. Some of them are going to be very simple, like Karuga, the Macrosage. It mm-hmm. just says ETB. Oh, no, sorry. Converted mana cost three or less. Yep. So I, I think <laughs> all of these, yeah. Even like the Umori, the Collector, where all the non-land cards have to share a card type. Right. That's going to be an argument in itself. So I feel like this is going to cause more issues than it's worth as a companion. Now, the cards themselves as legendaries, as in the 99 Mm -hmm. or the command zone, I actually love the effects. I think the cards are really, really cool, hence why I'm building one of them. But the whole companion thing, 
I'm gonna stay. It's just it's just another it's just another unnecessary layer of argument and things. That's I think that's a fair point. And again, like we're playing like the the format is already people are playing cards complicated enough, right? And people are playing cards that like the text of them is like unreadable because they're either a masterpiece (laughs) or they're 30 years old or whatever the case may be. So I think that that's a really good point. Like I think this could this could lead to like. Not arguments, but some some squabbles and the misunderstandings. Like. Yeah. So will. so Squee, what do you? How do you? How do you feel about all these in Commander? I really like. I'm I'm trying to go through a different mechanic that I've been more lukewarm on. Like this is the most energy I've ever felt. Like I feel so passive about this mechanic because I think the companion piece, kind of like Mr. Combo alluded to, is never going to be used in Commander unless you want to mm-hmm. build a fun deck. So they might as well have just come out with two different versions of this card, one for 60 cards standard and then one for commander. Sure. Or you don't have to deal with the commander mechanic, or sorry, command companion mechanic. So I don't know. Like, I think it's a little aimless if you ask me. I think, yeah, it's pushing creativity in the other formats. But in commander, yeah, they might as well have just made them legendary commanders and skipped the whole companion thing altogether. And and I think it might be interesting too that if they had just built them for Commander, how different the restrictions might be, or what, how different yeah. the mechanic may be, right? And but yeah. instead they're they're painting with a they're painting with a really broad brush, which leads me into my uh, or I'm sorry, which leads us the 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 council of the collective, if you will, <laughs> the council, CC. yeah, the, the CC into uh, the last point of how this has been affecting other formats. So. Um, I don't know how close you guys have been uh, paying attention to this, but I just took a look yesterday, and uh, one card in particular, Lurus of the Dream Den, which pretty much we don't need to go into super specifics with it, but each permanent in your starting deck has CMC two or less. It is lifelink, and then during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent card with CMC two or less from your graveyard. So this card has been drive. This card has been in like the top eight or top six out of eight decks in Legacy all over the place. Um, there's another one, Yorian, which again we don't need to get into. But the the thing with it is your starting deck must contain at least twenty more cards than the minimum deck size. And now like just these one or two cards are completely warping these uh, these metas and these the way people are looking at building decks. Yep. I think that's the most interesting thing of it to me um so i think a lot of people are pretty upset i think a lot of people are saying this is like the combo winter or like the eldrazi summer or whatever um <laughs> i i thought it was eldrazi winter hogak summer. oh there it is yeah the oh way. yeah it was a hogak debacle that whole thing i by the so, way i just realized council of the collective is katsi instead of watsi whoa blowout Instead of yep. instead of witches on the beach, nailed it. So um, my sort. So I I have a lot of I'm really mixed about this. First off, I have no interest in ever playing Legacy or Vintage because I don't want to buy a deck that's worth the Correct. that's worth the size that's worth like a car. Um, so but a couple I, cars maybe. I kind of think it's I always I think those players are a very interesting bunch at least in my experience with them because I feel like those formats usually boil down to like okay there's probably like two to eight decks that are good and playable and people are consistent with them and then there's like a handful of fringe ones so it's just strange here it's just strange to me where it's like i feel like it's just like cyclical right like a card will come out like uh oko is a good example right where it's like came out warm for like completely warped the format everyone complained about it it got banned things got back to like exactly where it was six months ago (laughs) you know what i mean and i kind of so i'm sorry go ahead here's the yeah here here's the issue though 
I get what you're saying. And you are right, there's usually, I would actually say about four to five prominent decks. And then you got about 10 fringe yeah, that yeah, yeah, may, for sure. they randomly crack the top eight. The, the issue that everyone has is that when Oko, Hogak, Orion, mm. Luris, Field of the Dead, when these types of cards come into the 60 card format, when all of a sudden all the pro players are like, well, there is literally zero downside for me to go that route. Right, right, right. That's where the issue comes in. It's not that the fact that they're good cards, mm -hmm. because let's, okay, so if Hogak, for example, was taking three of the top eight spots, right. but there was five other, mm -hmm. that's normal. Because usually there should be three-ish, I would guess. I mean, I don't pay that much attention to the 60 card, right, but I right. know Forrest and Kevin, a lot of those guys talk about it. Um, and it seems like a lot of times when they post the top eight results, there's maybe three decks, mm -hmm. yeah. maybe yeah. four. In that, in that, in that top range, eight. for sure. But the fact that Luris is six <laughs> yeah, of the top exactly, eight. exactly, or seven or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think the issue is, is that the developers at Wizards, I, I'm sure they're fine Magic players, but I don't think they're as good as at brewing as a lot of the outside collective is. Mm -hmm. And so when they, oh, this is a really cool mechanic. Yeah, I can see it like Field of the Dead right. with uh, Golos. Oh, that seems pretty cool. We should do that. But then they don't realize how broken it is. For all these when other you got formats, Yarok, right? Yeah, when you, when you got Yarok in the set. Mm -hmm. And that's even just standard. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the challenge. I think they're doing great by pushing the envelope, but they really should when they are testing the cards Quit reaching out to content creators to test the cards. I know, yeah. like Josh, Reach out well, to I the know, pro player. <laughs> I know Josh Lee Kwai helped play test C20, I believe. I think he had mentioned uh, he had played Oh, that's why it's so garbage. Boom! I'm not kidding you, Josh, but I am kidding to, 20, to 2020 because it's awesome. Uh, but I do think it's something to where they need to figure out a way to where maybe it's the Magic Pro League. Hey, guys, we're going to have you come to Seattle for like a weekend, play mm -hmm. test these cards, right. or, or look, here's the cards, build some decks, come play test them yeah. with us. They could even do it digitally. Like, here's the cards, build it online, play each other back and forth through whatever they, they Magic are, They aren't going to do it digitally because it's so easy for people to like screenshot and do and get that information out versus yeah. if you physically hand them, watch them, yeah. and then watch them put it back. Unfortunately, right now, it, we don't have a choice. Yeah, uh, but I think that's something they need to start considering. I don't know if they do yeah. it or not, but or, I think that would help all the 60-card formats. Actually have real professional players yeah. that are great at this game. Yep. Play test some of these cards that you think are very good and get some feedback on it. Because it immediately when these were spoiled, everyone knew how broken they were for standard and modern. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with you. I think that's a great point to have people play test it like that. I do appreciate that they're trying to push the envelope because I like my creative mind just shrivels up like a raisin whenever I see that there's only three or four decks that are possible to win. Sure. And it just, I don't even want to play anymore. Like, what's the point to me? If I got to play the same deck <clears> the guy <throat> across the table from me to beat him, I don't care. I want to do something a little more fun. But yeah, I, I think they have pushed it a little bit far for other formats outside of Commander. And I think in Commander, it's almost an afterthought. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Here we are, pooping on it again, as we do. <laughs> well, I think, I, so I do give Watsi some credit. I know they probably take, like, 
this is this is a completely different discussion, right? But like since they're churning through so many products a year, I can imagine they only have so much budget and time for everything to like do research yeah. development. So they're like, okay, we really got to make sure that this fits in standard. Hey, what about legacy? Uh, put it on the board. I don't know. We'll get to it before. We'll, <laughs> like it'll stay in the icebox before we'll get to it. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I can give them some credit and so in the sense that they can't think of every edge case. However, yeah, I don't know. Like it does seem. It, I do think that we have seen a lot of cards that are coming out now that are having bigger impacts on formats besides standard mm-hmm. and modern that are still being played a fair amount. So maybe that maybe the maybe the pull away from all this is focus on standard, focus on modern, focus on commander, but don't forget these other formats that people are like I mean people that play I know people that play legacy are like all they want to talk about is legacy. All they want to do is right. legacy. They want to show you the power nine. Then they want to, you know, shove your face in it or whatever. The the case legacy version of us. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. correct. I'm sorry. Um, same thing. Uh, with, same thing. Like legacy decks are also twelve hundred dollars, <laughs> which again is a pittance for you, Mister Combo. I understand, but um, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. So, anyways, no, I think I, I think that we. I feel like we've all brought. I feel like we all brought like really good opinions to this. I think it's a. I think we all agree that it's a very interesting mechanic, um, in one way or another. Uh, I guess to end it up, do you, what do you guys think that you'd want to see another kind of crazy mechanic like this sometime in the future, or do you think that like just get back to basics, kind of if you will, get back to things that are just kind of pushing the curves in different ways? I like Here's the creativity. Thing. I mean, it's fun, but I I don't yeah. I don't necessarily think it's it's productive. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in a nutshell, you, if you're going to go, if you're going to create a mechanic like Companion, you need to continue to create mechanics like Companion, mm-hmm. just like you need to continue to create mechanics like Mutate. Yeah, energy. Right. Yeah, energy. <laughs> yeah, energy. Uh, but see, the cool thing about Companion is that is not set-based. There's nothing Companion that ties to the Ikoria storyline. Sure, right. So you can do Companion in future sets. You just need to figure out how you're going to do that power level for your 60 card formats, because I know our Facebook group has been talking a lot and a lot of people have said if there was 200 plus companion cards, which we're not going to get that way anywhere close for the next like 10 to 20 years. But just as an example, if there were, let's just even say 50 companion cards, like there's 50 tutors across all the colors, then it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Uh No, I so and, and I think I, that's my big. Thing. I, I agree to you, and I think like a good example to that point is also like look at like how partners look how partner has evolved from partner generic mm-hmm. to like partner to one with, to, to, to like monocolor to monocolor partner with mm-hmm. to two color to one color partner with right and like each time sure. they're just setting that dial more interesting and like kind of dialing it in from something that yep. that people complain about being too powerful from the jump. Um, yeah, and then the last thing I would yeah. say is on the EDH front, they should have just banned the mechanic companion instead of banning Lurie. Yeah. Right. Because, right. well, and, I mean, it's not the fact that I want Lurie and so Ross could have his otter. Uh, <laughs> it, it's like Ross. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've banned mechanics before for Commander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that don't exist. Yeah. So why not just ban that if that card is such an issue? Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, people. I think that card would still be kind of cool and fun to see in in, in is it decks or multicolored decks. Yeah, Uh, there's no reason to just get rid of it completely. That's that's my piece. I agree. I agree, and I think that's. I think that is that is a very salient point. But um, I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, what's the plane chase. All right, now in that last segment, Squeeze going to dive into those creative juices with the weather label. 
Welcome back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 4. I'm Squee McGee. Today we're talking, as Big Tuck possibly alluded to but didn't know beforehand, dragons. What do you know? What? I like them. Uh, we're talking Zerillion of the Claw. Hey! Two red, summon legend from my set, Mirage. Best, it's, it's literally the best icon in Magic. Mirage, the palm tree, it's the best. Uh, anyways, so summon legend, 3-4. For one colorless, two red, tap, search your library for a dragon card and put it into play as though it were just played. Shuffle your library afterwards. That creature is unaffected by summoning sickness. Remove that creature from the game at the end of any turn. Yeah, and the funny thing about this is we actually did this on our other podcast, Brews and Bills. Oh, yeah. One million years ago. On, yeah, <laughs> one million years ago. Gosh, what episode was it that? Was like, it had to be really, really I early. Like eight, I, was, I think it was before 10, I bet. Um, the, no, episode 19. 19 mm-hmm. But, Squee, do you remember the fun fact that Sir Brian, MTG Lord of Leaves, told us about this card? I don't think I do since it was so long ago. Uh, that is the the card says summon legend, but uh-huh. it's actually not a dragon. No, that was interesting. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a person. Oh, that is it's right. A yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, person yeah. in front of it that I never noticed because I don't wear my glasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to talk about this card because I know we had done it, but it's at like 149 decks now in EDH wow. Rick. So it's just like flying down the ranks, I guess. Uh, so I think it's a really interesting mechanic, and there's a lot of fun things you can do with it, and. I mean, you know I'm a sucker for dragons, so uh, we had to chat about it. Um, So I'm going to dive into the first couple of cards, and really what I was looking for here in this deck is going to be any dragons that come in and have an effect as they come in, because obviously they're not sticking around. Um, First one, Utvara Hellkite. The Hellkite, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, So Utvara (laughs) Hellkite, six colorless, two red, creature dragon flying. When a dragon you control attacks, create a 6-6 red dragon creature token with flying. Boom. Obviously, this one, you don't want to go and tutor for it with the commander, but you want to get him out on the board while you're tutoring for things, and you're going to start creating a bunch of these creature tokens with flying. Um, And it's a nice way to get extra value out of the cards that you're going to put on the board yourself, because obviously they're disappearing, but when you can have them come in with haste, attack, do whatever effects that they have, sure. and then create a 6-6 red dragon that sticks around, you're going to get your money's worth. You're going to get there. Udvara is amazing. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's just eight mana, holy balls. <laughs> right. But it is. At least, at least it says whenever a dragon you control attack, yeah, yeah. instead of whenever dragons you control attack. If, it was just, if you only got one token, oh, unplayable. Yeah. Get a token for each. All Get, right. Hey, dude, that dragon whoop's paying for itself already. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Yep. Next one that I wanted to talk about is a bit of a demanding demon. It's demanding dragon. Oh. Uh, three colorless, two red, creature dragon flying. When demanding dragon enters the battlefield, it deals five damage to target opponent unless that player sacrifices a creature. Sure. Five. five. So you get instant value off your commander when you put him in. If you draw him out of your hand, he only costs five, so he's not going to kill you. Right. Um, but you have a lot of options here when he comes in. You're obviously going to swing in for five. You're going to deal five damage to the target opponent and or they're going to sack a creature. And you get to pick who that is. So obviously if you're playing me and Reese or whoever you're playing and you've got a <laughs> bunch of creatures, that's nothing, but you go after the right person for that. Um, I think this card's really sneaky and a little bit under the radar for this commander. Um, it is more or less a one-time effect, but... You get extra damage out of it, and I think it's a lot of fun because the the biggest thing for me on this commander is that you just get to go and search for whatever you need at the time. Um, so you can use this situation. Yeah, it works. I mean, like, the, there's been times where you get down to 10, 15, 5 life, and this just might be enough mm-hmm. just to get in, maybe after a board wipe or something like that, get that damage in, yep. and then go to town. So dig it, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. I, I think it would be a really interesting home, and I mean, it. 
it wouldn't fit the theme of my deck, so I'm not going to put it in Brutal Clan. Oh. But if you can make a deck where you make lots of copies oh. of it, and then they all ETB, and then you start targeting it, it's almost like a pseudo one-player board sure. wipe, or you might just kill the player. Um, that, that would be kind of interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, he's fun, and I think this would really add to the, the salt meter if you killed somebody <laughs> when they didn't have any creatures on their board and they had salt you know meter. five or less life. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> It's salt meter. All right, I'm going to have to draw up some Photoshop designs for that. Uh, anyways, next card I wanted to talk about is Skyline Despot. Oh, yeah. Two red creature dragon flying. When Skyline Despot enters the battlefield, you become the monarch. Draw cards. Oh, yeah. Love it. Please give me all the cards <laughs> I can draw. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you're the monarch, put a 5-5 five, five red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. It's a 5-5. Five, five. So the reason that I like this card is that it has a double effect. If you draw it into your hand and play it, obviously you get to benefit from its second ability being on the board. But he also has an end of the battlefield effect that gives you a monarch and permanently lets you draw cards. Because mm -hmm. honestly, if you're playing dragons and you're getting swung at and people are hitting you, you're probably doing something a little bit wrong. Yeah. Um, so you should be sticking around as the monarch for a while and drawing two cards every single turn. So I think it's a, a great value engine just to put him out on the field and become the monarch in mm -hmm. itself. And... You know, as I've played a lot, people tend to forget about the Monarch a little bit, kind of let it slide under the radar. Um, and then its second ability, if you can play this for the seven mana, that's really, really, really good. <laughs> I just, I don't, I would beg for five, five red dragon creature flying tokens in my research. Yeah. You know, can't have them. Yeah, don't you run that in your Queen Mar Chase deck? I sure do, that? and it's, it's an all-star, so... Yep. Getting the Monarch coming in, it's a big flyer. It's also starting to creep up there in the price, so this might be one of your more expensive, uh, one of your more expensive reports here. Uh, we've got we got a three what we got a three dollar Uvara Hellkite, a five dollar Despot. I I can only oh, stretch man. my my uh, emergency funds <laughs> yeah. so thin. How many? I, <laughs> I must have. I need these. I must in, have been looking at the heavily played. I need these in. Uh, I need these in toilet paper rolls. It's, it's, only, it's, only, it's only currency that matters. Uh, all right, so last card I yeah. wanted to talk about is Lathless Dragon. We, yeah, yep, oh, yeah. beautiful card. Legendary creature dragon. I guess you could run it as a commander if you want, but eh, that's not what we're talking about today. So it's a four colorless, two red legendary creature dragon. It's a rare uh, flying. Rare. Whenever another non-token dragon enters the battlefield under your control create a five five red dragon creature token with flying and then for a colorless and a red dragons you control get plus one plus zero until oh. end of turn and that's more what i'm interested in um i don't necessarily care so much about the five five flyers because i think we're going to be bringing a bunch out yeah. as we aforementioned with the despot um but that plus one plus zero that's endless no matter how much mana you have that's really really powerful and mm -hmm. the the thing that i love about that effect and i use this on a couple different cards out of my restack too is uh, you can do that at an instant speed. So you uh, declare your attackers, they declare blockers, and then you beef them up after the fact and go around them no matter what you want to do. It's a good way to kill shot people. Yeah, Who doesn't no, I, I use her uh, as part of an infinite combo in my Nif Mizzet deck. So I'm all Degenerate. for it. <laughs> uh, Degenerate. You know, uh, yep. So, you know, one thing I would say that I'd recommend to add, it's only a quarter right now. Um, and Squee, you talked a lot about how these dragons are seven, six, eight mm -hmm. mana. Yep. Um, Iron or Iron Crag Feet. Oh, uh, it's yeah. a sorcery from Eldraine. Uh, add seven red. You may cast only one more spell this turn. Oh, that's so good. Oh. So on turn four, you pay four, you get seven, and most likely you're dropping down one of the big dragons. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can just kind of go to town. I've so, never heard of this card before. This is great. That's new. She's a new one. My yeah. God. 
That card is amazing. <laughs> yeah, and it's only a quarter. So, you know, oh. I, I think that's something that you would definitely want to consider because I, I, you know, if you go the Sir no, Brian just put it approach, in there. We don't need to consider it. It's done. <laughs> so if you go the Sir Brian approach on episode 19 of Bruise and Builds, he does it more as he cheats them in and then he uses effects to end the turn before they get exiled right, or right. bounce them back to his hand. Um, if you're not wanting to go that route, because that can be a little bit more expensive yep. because those cards are usually a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. this would definitely be one to include and and uh, Tuck, school me. What's the red enchantment from Throne of Eldraine? You can cast two Fires spells per turn. Fires of Invention mm-hmm. would be another one that'd be a slam dunk in here because that's two dragons a turn for the six mana, seven yeah. mana, eight mana, or lands that you have out. So uh, definitely food for thought. Oh, that is a great card. I'm going to be throwing that into any mono red deck I ever get in the future. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, that's all I had on this. I wanted to give you a fresh take on Zerillion. So this is Squee checking out. I'll send it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Big Tuck and Mr. Combo. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, smashing that like button, bam, 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 <laughs> and placing orders through level1gameshop.com. Also, another way to support your new team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower with reward tiers for all the budgets. There's a way that you... The Collective can help with monies from your banks, digital <laughs> currency, it's all cryptocurrency. That's all we take now. We only accept thumb uh, drives. We only accept, you know, a subscription <laughs> to our uh, Patreon and uh, Discord is one Bitcoin. One <laughs> yeah, single Bitcoin. That's that it. It's only one. Right right there. It's only one. The one time fee. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and our website, cmdtower.com. You communicate directly with your news team at cmdtower, at Mr. Combo number 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 News team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. 